Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining Answers from Antioch and a very special program we have for you today as this is Father's Day if you're joining our program on this Sunday evening. We're grateful for you being there. Also, for those who are joining our podcast, we're grateful for you as well. Now, you can find a lot of information about us here at Answers from Antioch by visiting our website. That's Antioch Bristol, one word, A-N-T-I-O-C-H, Bristol.com. And on that website, you have lots of options to find out more about us. You can view the services in the church, Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Also, our podcast, there's a green button there on our website you can click on, and it'll bring you to this podcast, the weekly podcast we have and broadcast that we have, as well as our daily podcast, Monday through Friday, and broadcast that we have. So we're grateful we have all these opportunities to reach out to you and for you to reach us. You can email us, write to us, call us. Any of these things are all available here at Answers from Antioch, and we are thankful for all the input that we receive during the week, those who write to us and call us, others that to give us their questions uh, in person. We're very grateful for you because when we look at today's culture, we need to look at it through the Word of God, through the lens of God's Word, and then we can certainly get the correct perspective. And perspective is truly everything, my friend, if you've got the correct perspective. In today's world where truth has become subjective, and that is it's only your feelings or your opinion, and it's not actual, factual, evidence-proven truth, then we definitely need to know what God's Word says about every situation. But on this Father's Day program, my co-host, co-pastor, my son, Josh, is also with us, and I'm very grateful to have him with me on this Father's Day and this special Father's Day program that we're presenting. I love my children. I'm proud of my children. I must say that because of their uh, accomplishments in life, because of their great uh, obedience to myself and my wife and I throughout their lifetimes. I'm very grateful for that uh, relationship I have with my children. And here's my son now, my co-pastor, my co-host, and we're very grateful that we have this privilege together. And Proverbs chapter number 17 reminds us of a verse that talks about this very thing I've just mentioned. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. The glory of children are their fathers. So fathers, are you the kind of father that your children can glory in, that your children can praise and say, hey, there's my example. My dad is my example. Some may say, I'm not that kind of father. Well, you can be. You can change now. You can begin being that kind of father. Certainly all of us should seek to do that. I want to. I want my children to be able to look to me and say, my dad 
is a great example for me and for my children. So my grandkids, all the heritage that I may have, I want them to see that in their dad. I have that kind of Christian dad and mom. They're both in heaven now, but I must say I could not have had a better Christian father in this world than the Christian father I had, Chester L. Davis. What a wonderful, great example in the home of one who loved his wife, loved his children, and loved Jesus. And may I say, his love for God was first, but then there was mom that he loved so dearly, and there was the children, my brothers and sisters and I. And I'm grateful for that wonderful example that my father set for us. You know, someone has said, and I think very correctly, these words, that uh, the conduct of a man before his wife and his children is the truest test of a man's quality and character. It's been said that a man is no better than what he is at home. And if a man is applauded in public, but yet is despised and feared at home, then certainly there's a big problem. Many men have received awards and accolades for their work done uh, in the silver screen and their work done on the stage or in music or in politics or perhaps in inventions and business, but they've been a total failure as husbands and fathers, which really, in my opinion, adds nothing to their stature as a man. Does not the Bible remind us that if any man will provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, then he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel, 1 Timothy 5.8 says. And then 1 Peter 3.7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. A truly great man is one that has merited the love and the respect of his wife, and he's proven himself a worthy example for his children to follow in the paths of the Lord. Truly, Proverbs 17 and verse number 6, The glory of children are their fathers, and children's children are the crown of old men. What a wise verse, a true verse, and one that challenges all of us. It's been in a recent poll stated that 70% of children before the age of 18 will live in a one-parent home. Most of the time, that is the home with mother only. Fathers have not been good fathers. I believe it was uh, Ben Watson, the great NFL player who is a great Christian, a wonderful husband and father as well, has built a wonderful Christian home. I believe it was Ben Watson that released some figures, or actually a poll was released, and he stated these things. He and Dr. Ben Carson both have given these figures, said that in 1965, 80% of the black homes had fathers living in the home. That was in 1965. But today, a recent poll suggests that that same home has 80% absence of fathers. No father in that home. Think about that for a moment. And that's across every 
group of people, friend. It doesn't matter our nationality, our creed, our color. The homes have failed, and I think mainly the responsibility is on the fathers. I'll lay it right there at my feet and your feet because as fathers, we have been given the responsibility. You see, the first organization that God set up was the home. That's the basis of government. That's the basis of church. It's truly the foundation of everything on planet Earth. When the home fails, everything else fails. Government, churches, all the other organizations. So how important is the home? Can I say the most important? But I appreciate you fathers there who are tuned into the program. Our prayers for you to be the best that you can be. All right. My co-host, co-pastor, and son, Josh, is coming now to share some things with us. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our listening audience. Uh, Let me first let you know that if you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch. By the way, if you're listening through our radio program right now, uh, let me also remind you, you can go to AntiochBristol.com. And there on the homepage of our church's website, you will find a green button that says Answers from Antioch. If you click on that, it takes you to a dedicated page where we have the full episodes so that you can never miss another minute of Answers from Antioch. You can share it with others. You can replay it. So many options right there. And you'll find that through our website, AntiochBristol.com. You can also subscribe to that podcast if you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just simply search Answers from Antioch and you can find us on those different platforms. If you've got questions about that, feel free to reach out to us anytime. Uh, There's many contact options on our website, including our telephone number. But let me give that out to you now as well. It's 276 669-4030-276-669-4030. And I'm grateful to be with you on this Father's Day. And so secondly, let me wish you, all you good godly men, a very happy Father's Day. Whether or not you're physically a father, you can be a spiritual father and an encourager to so many people around you. I know some men who never fathered their own children, but have become father figures to me and have had a humongous impact on my life and my ministry. And I look at them as being spiritual fathers as well. And of course, I'm very grateful and thankful for Pastor Brad, who also happens to be my dad, my father. And I'm grateful that we get to share in ministry together and in life and in family. And what a great blessing that God has given to me and a great privilege and honor that it is uh, for me to have part in this ministry with my earthly father as we together serve our heavenly father and our Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And I want to speak to fathers today and not just to fathers, but to All of us by extension. And I want to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture 
but it's perfect for this Father's Day. And that's in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1 and following. 1 John 3, 1 tells us, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And we could say sons and daughters, or just to use the phrase children there, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Let's pause for just a moment and meditate in this verse. These familiar verses, familiar scriptures, you've heard them before, and they have a tendency to go in one ear and out the other. The cadence is familiar to us. The words are familiar to us. But a lot of times we fail to really sit and ponder and think about what these things actually mean and the impact that they have for us. Now, let me take a step back and say that on this week, on our Monday through Friday podcast episodes, 10-minute program, uh, I have been dealing four days with what's often called the parable of the prodigal son. But I believe that there are two prodigal sons in that passage in Luke chapter number 15, and they both have a heart that is far from the Father. They each misunderstand the Father's love for them in different ways. The one prodigal son totally rejects the Father's love and says, I want to get as far away from you as I possibly can. And that's exactly what he does. But he repents, and he comes back into fellowship with the Father, and the Father brings him in, not as a servant, like he was going to ask him to, but he brings him back as a son with all the full rights and inheritance and benefits. And this reveals the heart of our Heavenly Father, and it's encapsulated for us right here in the verse we just read, 1 John 3, verse 1. Let's ponder this. Let's meditate this. Behold, what manner of love. Can you imagine the kind of love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, the children of God? Let's ponder that for just a second. Here we are in our sins, so far away from God. And as Romans chapter 5 tells us, that if, if God uh, forgave us, He stepped in at the right time in human history to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And if somebody uh, was innocent and they deserved to die, a few of us may step up and say, you know what? That person is being charged with a crime they didn't commit. They are innocent. They have young children at home. I want to take their place. I want to take their punishment so that they can be free. Somebody may take the place of an innocent person. Somebody may take the place of a person uh, that they consider to be a good person. But how many of us would take the place of somebody that was guilty, somebody that was caught red-handed in their sin, and they were guilty as guilty could be. Who would step in front of the judge and raise their hand and say, Yes, judge, I want to take the guilty person's place. None of us 
would do that. I dare say none of us would ever even consider doing that. But God not only considered doing that, that is exactly what Jesus did. Again, Romans chapter 5 spells all of this out for you. That God commendeth His love towards us. God demonstrated His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were still in our sin, Christ died for us. This is the matchless love of our Heavenly Father for every single person. And when we understand the depth of His love that He has for us, how can we turn away from that? You see, when we go to Luke 15 in the prodigal son, he misunderstood the father's love. He didn't want to get in line. He didn't want to do what the father had asked him to do. And he rebelled. And he went kicking and screaming headlong into sin. And he realized that his self that became his God failed him miserably. There was a famine in the land and he had no more money no more food, no more friends. And he goes to somebody thinking that surely this master is going to take care of me like my father took care of his servants. I'm going to be well fed and I'm going to have a job. I'm going to have a place to sleep, a roof over my head. Things are going to be pretty good. But he was in for a very rude awakening, was he not? And we see that he was there in the pig pen eating scraps, table scraps, leftovers, garbage. And he was starving so much that he was craving anything he could get his hands on. And then he came to himself and he said, How many of my father's servants have bread and to spare? I'm just going to go home and ask my father to make me a servant. You see, he came to himself. This is the love of God, and, and yet we see the human condition that distorts God's love, that misunderstands God's love, and that rebels against God Himself as a result of our misunderstanding of the nature and the love of Almighty God. And we see the young prodigal comes back home. He's got his little speech down pat that he's going to just pour out his heart to the Father and ask Him to become a hired servant. But his father won't even let him finish his sentence as he ran to him, grabbed him by the neck and hugged him and kissed him and restored him back into the family and said, this is my son. He is part of this family. Gave him his authority back, gave him his inheritance back, made him part of the family, not a slave, not a servant, but a son. And exactly what we're talking about right here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons, the children of God. You see, dear friend, it doesn't matter how far into sin that you have gone. You may be listening to this, and you may just be driving down the road, passing through, and you just happen to land on this station, and here it is, Father's Day, and somebody's talking about God the Father. I want you to listen. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. That prodigal had wasted all the Father had given him. He wasted it on all kinds of things. His older brother later tells us in Luke chapter 15 that he had spent a lot of it on harlots, on 
prostitutes. He was living for himself, doing whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, wasting what the Father had given to him sacrificially. And God, our Heavenly Father, has given us so much. He's given us life. He's given us breath. He's given us health. Many times we throw those things away and we chase after what we want. And then we get to a place where we say, how could God have somebody like me? You see, the prodigal son, he felt the same way. He felt like, how could God, how could my father ever receive me? How could my father ever welcome me back? I can never be a son again. Maybe at best I can be one of his servants, but that would be better than living in the hog pen. So I'll go back to him even if I have to just be a servant. No, that's not the heart of God, our Father. And Jesus revealed as much in Luke 15 that the Father in the parable forgave his son and restored him and brought him back into the family and he killed the fatted calf. In other words, they were having steak and ribs and chicken and shrimp and everything was on the grill and it was smelling good and it was a big feast. Welcoming his son, he threw a big party saying, let's celebrate, my son is back home. Dear friend, as I said, I don't know where you are or how far you feel like you have gone away from God. He loves you. And just like the prodigal's father, Jesus wasn't teaching that to, to just tell a nice story. He was teaching that to show people, to show sinners like me and you, that that is the heart of the Heavenly Father. This is the amount of love. This is the kind of love that the Father has lavished upon us and that has He has shown to us. You have never gone to a place too far where God cannot save you. God cannot change your life and transform you from the inside out. It's not about turning over a new leaf. The prodigal son didn't come back with a list of excuses and just say, you know, Father, I hit some bad luck. Did you hear about that famine? Man, it came fast and it came hard and and people were losing everything they had. There wasn't any, even any food left to eat. And I was starving. No, he didn't come with excuses. He didn't come with explanations. He just came broken and repentant. And that's what it takes. That's all that it takes. Just repent. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. And, and he just comes and he says, Father, I've, I've broken your word. I've broken your way. Just make me like one of your hired servants. A completely broken man at this point. No excuses, no explanations. Just honest before his father and repents. And the father restores him, hugs him, loves him, helps him to see, Son, I love you. Son, I'm here for you. Son, I want the very best for you. You see, the son was his own worst enemy. And maybe you're listening to me here today, and you have become your own worst enemy. You think that God is your enemy. The prodigal son felt like the father 
was his enemy. And if he could just get the father out of the way, then everything would be okay in his life. If, if the father would just die and give him his inheritance already, everything would be good. But the biggest problem for the prodigal son was not the father. It was his own self. And can I say, maybe you've been blaming somebody else for the choices that you have made. Or maybe you've been blaming God himself for some of the things that's happening in your life. Maybe that was things that was out of your control. I'm not trying to sugarcoat things or give easy explanations to things, but maybe it was something that was totally out of your control and you've been blaming God for that. Dear friend, it's not God that's to blame. I dare say that it's a free choice of someone else. It all goes back to sin somewhere, some way, somehow. And that's what is to blame, sin. That's what was to blame in the life of the prodigal son. And yet in that moment, the father loved him through it all. And the father showed him grace through it all, showed him forgiveness through it all, and gave him restoration that he never even imagined was possible. Dear friend, our heavenly father, will do the exact same thing for you. You're not too far gone. Your life isn't over. You are not hopeless and you are not helpless. God is there. Just as the father had his eyes down the road looking for his son to come back to him. So the heavenly father is waiting with open arms for you to come to him in humble repentance and just say, Father, I realize that I have sinned against you. As David proclaimed in Psalm 51, after he had committed horrible sins, he had slept with a married man's wife. Then to cover up that sin, he had him killed in the line of battle, doing his job, doing what was his duty. David had that man killed. And yet David comes to God in Psalm 51, a psalm of brokenness, a psalm of repentance. And he realizes, God, it's against you and you alone that I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. You see, just come to that place where you do business with God and you say, Lord, I realize that I have sinned and I've sinned against you and I've broken your heart. And I want to come back to you. I want to make things right with you as my heavenly father. Dear friend, this is the matchless love of God that he is extending to you today. And not just to you, but to whosoever would believe. You see, there was another son, another prodigal that we haven't even touched on. And I talked about him on Friday's podcast and radio program. You can go to AntiochBristol.com and find that and replay it. But the sad thing about it is when Jesus ends, we don't know what the older brother did. Did he repent? Did he get right with the father? We know the younger brother, the one we often call the prodigal son. Yes, he got right. And we see that he was so far from the father, but he got right. And there was somebody that was physically close to the father. But we just just don't know if he ever repented. Both sons had hearts that were far away from the father. 
And I just simply want to close today's program by imploring you to make things right with the Heavenly Father right now, wherever you are. If you've got to pull the car off onto the shoulder of the road, by all means, do that. While God is speaking to your heart, while He's drawing you out of His love, do not ignore Him. Do not pass that over. Do not think lightly about that. Do business with God, with just pouring out your heart to Him and telling Him what is on your heart through repentance and faith in what Jesus Christ has already done for you. If you've got questions about how to do that, or you like us to walk you through that process, or if we can help you in any other way spiritually, please reach out to us. Our contact information is coming up in just a second. And we would love nothing more than to guide you on your journey with Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.